0: As we continue in this series uh, called Advent Character, and we talk about these four Sundays of Advent and trace along with this Bible year theme, um, today is about peace uh, on the fourth Sunday of Advent. And so I bring these words from 1 Peter, and also we're going to connect into many biblical passages and themes uh, throughout today when we think about peace. Hear these words from 1 Peter. As you set yourselves apart by your obedience to the truth, so that you might have genuine affection for your fellow believers, love each other deeply and earnestly. Do this because you have been given new birth, not from the type of seed that decays, but from seed that doesn't. This seed is God's life-giving and enduring word. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So there's this scene in the uh, finely crafted film, Miss Congeniality... Uh, with Sandra Bullock, right? Um, And she's standing up in front at a beauty pageant, right? The whole concept is, she's, my sister loved this movie like 20 years ago, and it's, she's like an FBI agent undercover as a beauty queen type of thing, right? And so she gets up there, and and the judge's question is, the host, what is the one most important thing our society needs? And one after one, the dim-witted girls say, World peace, right? They all say it. Um, and, and Sandra Bullock um, gets to world peace as an answer um, to great applause. But before that, she says, uh, harsher punishment for parole violators. Uh, and, and and there's crickets. And then she says, and world peace. And then they all burst in applause. Um, anyway, if you needed a Christmas movie reference, sorry, uh, that isn't one. but But... <laughs> But I think about that image of, of, of kind of like the, the beauty pageant answer of world peace for the thing our society needs the most. And I think about this in Jeremiah and Ezekiel. One of the things that, the, that they prophesied against the leaders for the most in their society was that they were claiming peace, peace to the people when there is no Peace, peace, peace when there is no peace. All of the prophets prophesied against this false teaching that was going on in Israel, essentially saying, hey, it's all okay, even even as everything was going down around them. These prophets saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. So I think the problem that we have today regarding peace is that we know that we want peace, like we know that technically Miss America's answer is, is right. But we can't get that peace that we strive for. Our world is filled with more and more violence. Our words tear each other apart. Why? Can't someone come to fix it? Well, Jesus comes, right, first to bring us peace with God. In in the angel's announcement to Joseph in the scene in Matthew, the angel tells him, Jesus will come to save his people from their sins. That is the explicit purpose that the angel gives to Joseph. And the problem is that we humans have this sin problem. It's been a pretty nagging condition for us. We've had it since the Garden of Eden. Eve not only took that fruit from the tree, but then Adam blamed Eve for it going on. We have this sin nature within us personally. We have this selfish streak within each of us that seeks out our own gain. We have this same streak corporately when we are connected to people and to systems that seek their own gain. And it turns out that when a group of people is behaving sinfully, it's even worse than just when individuals are doing it on their own. Paul goes so far to say in Romans that we have become enemies of God. But Jesus comes, Paul writes, and he says that, Jesus, that, that Christ is our peace. Listen to these words of Ephesians 2. He says, Christ is our peace. He made both Jews and Gentiles into one group. With his body, he broke down the barrier of hatred that divided us. He canceled the detailed rules of the law so that he could create one new person out of the two groups, making peace. He reconciled them both as one body to God by the cross, which ended the hostility to God. When he came, he announced the good news of peace to you who were far away from God and to those who were near. Do you hear that message that Christ brings peace? Peace to those who were near to God. Peace to those who were far away. So in Jesus, first of all and foremost, we are offered peace with God. Peace with God that did not exist for us before this way was given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. But Jesus also comes to bring us peace with one another. This passage from 1 Peter, right, it says, love each other deeply and earnestly. Peter's instructing the believers. Love each other deeply and earnestly. Do this because you have been given new birth. So for Peter, there is a direct correlation between receiving the new birth from Jesus and then having peace with others. In other words, our peace with God offers us hope for our relationships. Peace between people was also broken in the Garden of Eden, right? There, there was enmity between Adam and Eve right away as soon as, that, as, as, soon as the curse fell on them. And from there on, right, their, their next generation uh, would, would kill one another, right? And, and so we begin this story of violence and the cycle of non-peace. And in Jesus, somehow this enmity between people is healed. Of course, this enmity, this, this streak that we have towards violence and towards blame, doesn't just disappear the second that we know Jesus. And it is something that we have to actively receive from Jesus, And this is a great challenge for us to do. For each of us has a family. And families are not always easy to have peace with. And we belong to a church that is filled with a lot of different people. And there's personalities and quirks when you get people together. And sometimes we might get along kind of like a family in the body of Christ. And yet Jesus comes to heal the rifts that exist between us. He comes to to bring peace to all of those relationships. So Jesus comes to bring peace to all of our relationships, peace with one another. But even more than that then, what Jesus comes to bring is peace for the entire cosmos, you might say. The entire universe. Because the promise is that for eternity, the lion will lay down with the lamb. Hear these words from Isaiah 11 that we often hear during Advent. It says, the wolf will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion will feed together, and a little child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze, their young will lie down together, and a lion will eat straw like an ox. A nursing child will play over the snake's hole. Toddlers will reach right over the serpent's den. They won't harm or destroy anywhere on my holy mountain. The earth will surely be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, just as the water covers the sea. I mean, do you hear this image from Isaiah offering peace? Animals that are usually destroying one another are all of a sudden lying down together. Children who would be snake bit are, are safe to play. We have this example of Jesus, right, as he resurrects from the dead. And everywhere Jesus goes when he resurrects, one of the first words he offers to the people is, peace be with you. Now, we might be used to that as somehow like a saying that a pastor says in front of people or something like that. But Jesus literally was stepping into places where they would be shocked to see him. And he says, peace be with you. Why does he say this? What is Jesus blessing the people with? In these situations. Is it about peace that is overcoming conflict in these places? Is it about peace overcoming fear? I mean, because literally in John Jesus promises in a couple places right before he rises from the dead this peace. And then at every resurrection appearance in John, when Jesus walks into a room or just appears in a room, the first thing he says to everyone peace be with you. Peace is essential to a resurrection life, we see. Peace becomes the character by which this life can be known. Emmanuel Katangale and Chris Rice wrote this book called Reconciling All Things years ago, and and they say it like this. They say the church's vocation is to be an interruption of the story of division and violence in the world. Hear that? It's to be an interruption of division and violence in the world, participating with the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit, pointing to the peace of God's new creation. So the church's job is to interrupt the cycles of violence in our world and to participate with the Holy Spirit in God's work of new creation in peace. Friends, do you remember the first school shooting that broke your heart when you heard about it. I remember the first one that I clearly recall in eighth grade at Columbine. Now, we're kind of numb to it. I had to recall when I was thinking, like, where was that that last big one again? And I had to jog my memory to remember which place when I was thinking about Uvalde, Texas in this case. And friends, we're we're numb. We're numb to these things, these atrocities that happen in our world. Do you know who likes you numb to violence? Who likes you so accustomed to it? It's not the king of peace. Friends our world is under the grip of evil and the tentacles of evil of the evil one's reach stretch far into our world. We see it every day. You don't need me to be the person that announces that to you. And we are called to be interrupters of this numbness. Jesus offers us peace with God, peace with one another, and invites us into the peace of the new creation that he is bringing and will finally bring. So I invite you to pray against apathy, my friends, because it is so tempting for us to try to reach for and create a little bubble or a cocoon around ourselves where we are personally safe from the violence that tears up our world. And sometimes we all do this in the Advent and Christmas season, seeking out peace when we know all around us is this evil and violence around. And listen, sometimes we need a break. I'm not telling you to go home and turn on the news 24-7 and to just live in a ball of nerves all of the time about all of the atrocities and evil going on in the world. But I am warning against crying out, peace, peace, when there is no peace. If as a church, if as people of faith, we just ignore the real violence in our world and just go along, that we are no better than our Congresspeople who refuse to take action about the gun violence that is killing our country's children. We're no better. Just claiming peace, peace, when there is no peace. Friends, Jesus came to inaugurate his kingdom of peace in the world. And Jesus will come again to establish his reign of peace forever. And we are invited to live in that kingdom of peace while we dwell. In the realm of evil violence. To be light in the darkness. This week we will remember when that light burst onto the scene. And we can spread that light of peace with his help everywhere we go. So that we too can sing, everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. Let us pray. Lord, we need, we need your peace. Of all of the things, of all of the characteristics that we have talked about throughout these four weeks, about hope, about love, about joy, God, we see the desperation that our world needs your peace. God, that we internally need your peace. And Lord, there are so many ways for us to turn away from that peace, for us to get sucked into avoiding it, or for us to not have peace in our relationships, when, God, you call us as people of your new creation to be people of peace in all of our relationships. So, God, we pray that you would open us up to that peaceful way that you have for us, that vision that vision that you give in Isaiah of the wolf lying down with the lamb, God, I pray that that would not just be for us some some fantasy, but instead that in small ways through us you might make it reality, that we might participate in it. God, for those places and those spaces we know that desperately need your peace right now, both in our lives personally and globally. We ask that you would help us to not become apathetic and also not to live as a bundle of nerves and anxiety about every situation, but to be able to pray for your peace and to be able to enact it in whatever way that we are called to and how we can. We thank you that as you come, you are the Prince of Peace, bringing out a new vision for how we might live in your world. Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.